0: G'day guys and welcome back to our latest episode of Glory Days. This yarn takes us to Hay in the Riverinas West, the nickname capital of the universe, where the Hay Lions Football Club achieved a remarkable moment in its history, winning all three Kerrangian District Football League Premierships on the one day. I hope you enjoy the stories about Buck, Bully, Rattle, Mouse, Spaz, Dick, Jacko, Biggin, Axe and Co. A massive thank you to Crichton Engineering, DG Harrison & Sons, Riverina Hotel, and Tappa Agri Services for sponsoring this piece of Hay sporting folklore. Let it rip, Robbie.
1: Nothing has ever come easy for the Hay Football Club, with its geographic location always a challenge. A move to the Kerrang Football League in 1981 was rewarded with its first ever senior premiership the following year in 1982, its 106th year as a club. The next decade, they went close, but couldn't quite nail the second flag until 1992, when a few things started to fall in place. They took a punt on a 20 year old coach who rallied the troops who were ready for a fight and fight they did as the town powered its way to the top in all three grades to complete one of Hayes sports greatest ever moments. And this is how they did it. This is Hay 1992, the Triple Tree. When the Hay Football Club celebrated its 100th year anniversary in 1976, they still had not won a senior premiership, despite the sport flourishing in the western Riverina town. They, as a club, had experienced many ups and downs, with its geographic location being a massive obstacle as clubs, leagues and administrators turned its back on the club as they pursued a permanent home. The club spent three years without inter-town football from 1972 to 1974, after seeing many competitions and leagues come and go, with at times knockout competitions its only form of on-field action. The three-year absence forced the town to run its own competition in that period, until the Mid-Murray League became its new home in 1975. The last competition Hay had played in was in the Borellon League from 1962 to 1971. Hay spent just six years in the Mid-Murray League, with minimal success until a new home was found in the Kerrang and District Football League for the 1981 season. The senior premiership drought was broken in 1982 under coach Frank Cranage when they defeated Appen by 17 points. The seconds on the same day made it back to back flags. The next 10 years resulted in many finals appearances but no more premierships with a series of finals, losses and preliminary finals exits in particular starting to wear thin. At the end of the 1991 season, President Ted Hill and head recruiter Buck Howard were on to a lead about a potential coach to replace current coach David Saker who was pursuing a cricket career back in Melbourne and unsure of his availability for 1992. Saker, who was runner-up in the 1991 league medal, did not return as his cricket career started to blossom. That eventually took him to a 72-match first-class career at both Victoria and Tasmania and then on to a decorated coaching career that included stints with England, Australia and Sri Lanka as fast bowling coach, along with a Sheffield Shield title as head coach of Victoria and a stint as head coach of Melbourne Renegades in the BBL. Hill and Howard moved quickly on the lead they got from Jum Dwyer, who had a stock and station business in Area Park, about a bloke called Dennis Dunstan, who had been coaching Area Park for the last two years and was on the move. Dunstan, who was only 21, had family connections to local hay legend Marty Jackson. Jackson and Dunstan's mothers were sisters and grew up in Balranald, where Dunstan started his senior career before being appointed coach of Area Park as a 19-year-old for the 1990 season. Buck Howard tells more about the process that secured Dunstan's services.
2: We were having a few beers down at the, uh, down at the Crown and Ted Hill, uh, who was the, uh, the, the new president of the footy club, and I were just walking out the door and we were just happening to be talking about how, you know, we'd got this terrific list of guys and we we were just sort of, you know, we, sh- we should be a lot better than what we were and we needed somebody to turn us in the right direction. And it's funny how things fall into place because... This guy that I I'd known for years, this Jum Dwyer, it was in the agents at Hay as, as the manager at Elders, and then he moved to Area Park to uh, start his own business. And he was back in Hay at that weekend, and he uh, the the coach at Area Park at the time was a guy called Dennis Dunstan, and he said he heard he's on the move, and I should give him a ring, and I uh, I gave him a ring, and. Uh, and yeah now it's history he came to Hay and that was sort of the icing on the cake for what we needed to to get where we got in 92. I didn't realise at the time that he was only 21 until I met him and you know but he was oh, I think he was a guy a bit before his time because he was certainly switched on as a coach yeah he, he knew how to get the best out of guys and he didn't take any crap. The appointment of Dunstan
1: proved a master stroke, with other recruits making their way to Hay Amongst them was Roy Simpson, another 21-year-old, who had played with Dunstan at both Bell Reynolds and Area Park. Simpson worked with Buck Howard as a builder's labourer. Both Dunstan and Simpson lived with club president Ted Hill. Dunstan said that initially he wasn't that keen on the offer, but Simpson talked him into taking the job. Yeah, Buck Howard yeah, rang
3: me and um, said so if I was interested in coaching. height. So, yeah, I ended up, yeah, I went over for an interview with him and Ted Hill and um, Russell Hindle actually. I went over on my own and had an interview and sort of, you no, know, after, like, more or less, you know, recruits down the spine, like, you know, 10 half backs and half forward, Ruffman. And, um, I was, geez, you know, and I Roy Simpson, like, he was, he was a rover, about the same size as me, and... And when I went out to interview, and I actually I run into a few of the boys they'd finished playing cricket, and I'm looking around and I thought, geez, you know, they're all six two, six three. And I'm thinking, you know, we won't need too many big blokes. So I was saying, Royce and, um we went over and for um, a night, and I took a few blokes over with me, and actually it didn't go that well that night. <laughs> so when we went, I said, to Royce said, oh no, I'm not. We're not going. Anyway, a few weeks later Roy's came over and then we decided that we'd, um, yeah, we'd take it on. So, yeah, that's, that's how it come about.
1: By mid-season, Jamie Gordon, an experienced centre half-back, and Ronnie Murray, a live-wire speedy forward, had come across to join their former teammate, while Steve Lockhart, a stock and station agent from Ivanhoe, had arrived, along with Brett Whitfield, who lobbed into town looking for a kick. Reece Williams was another to find his way to the club. Williams was running the Nicholas Royal Motel for his father-in-law. His father ran a popular two-up school in Melbourne. Buck Howard said when Williams arrived, he looked anything but a footballer.
2: This Reece Williams came to town. His, uh, his partner at the time, um, her father owned the uh, Nicholas Royal Motel and, and he came there to, to manage it with, uh, with uh, Lisa and uh, he strolled over to training this night and we had this, this guy, uh, Richard Arendt, who uh, poor is deceased now, but he, he was one of the guys that he just said it as it was and Reece has strolled in with a pair of shorts and he had these lily white legs.
1: Local copper, Steve Jones, was appointed reserve grade coach while David Hill, who had led the Young Lions to back-to-back flags in 1990 and 91, was again in charge of the under-17s. Good practice match form against Mulamine. Denny Rovers and Narrandera had the lines in good shape for the opening round clash at home against defending Premier's Ultima on Anzac Day. In front of a large crowd, both sides turned on an epic encounter that was worthy of a final, with a goal in the final seconds by 16-year-old Hay Young Gun, Robbie Jackson, leaving both sides locked on 1915, 129 apiece, as the final siren sounded. Jackson reflected on the moment and playing with his boyhood heroes,
4: the ball was going in deep to our forward line, and yeah, you know, as a as a forward, I was just trying to get to the front of the pack. And I think it might have been Dick Stevens and and, and, and his opponent, and maybe a, a, another Hay player, a high player that was just in a pack, and I just got front and centre, and the ball come to me and I, I quickly got it to, to foot and um and, and snapped it over snapped it over the pack for for a goal at the at the scoreboard end at the at the number two oval and Yeah, it was it was a great feeling. Um yeah, the, the Ultima was a perennial powerhouse and, you know, we thought well we got a we got a good squad together and, you know, if we give ourselves a good showing and it could set us up for, for for a really good season and, and to, to have a tie with Ultima in the first round. It sort of gave us a little bit of confidence, you know, for the rest of the season, knowing that oh, we're, we're there, thereabouts with the better teams in the comp, and um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to play a part. You know, a lot of these guys that I was playing with in this in this side were heroes or people that I looked up to. You know, Cole Ty, you know, Biggin, Richard Darren you know, Spaz, you know, Mickey Howard, you know, Bully Crichton. I played a, a lot of junior footy with Bully, who's a lot older than me. You know, there's a lot of blokes there. That David Zambon was another fella that yep. that I looked up to and and thought, geez, how good is this? I'm playing with blokes that you know I always sort of look up to for years and years and
1: years. Dick Stevens had booted six goals, while Dennis Dunson made an auspicious debut with four goals. Tony Alexander was best on ground in his return, while Mick Howard, Richard Arendt and Jason Crichton were outstanding. Next up was a tough road trip to Wandella, who were runners-up from last season and had a reputation of being a very physical and bruising opponent who rarely lost at home and did not see eye to eye with Hay. The feelings were mutual. The game indeed was a rugged affair with plenty of dust-ups and incidents that kept the umpires busy. Wandella looked to be getting on top when they led by three goals in the third quarter before the Lions fought back to level proceedings going into the final term. Led by Richard Faulkner and Cole Tye in defence and forwards Dick Stevens six goals and Robbie Jackson three, the Lions got home by 16 points. The next two weeks belonged to Dick Stevens as he bagged double-figure gold tallies of 11 and 12 against Kwambutuk and Wakul respectively to take his tally to 35 golds after just four games. And hey, well, they went to the top of the ladder in all three grades. The Lions' round free score of 34-15-219 was one of the highest in the club's history they booted 27 goals the following week against Wakul. Round five was at home against the Mulameen Swans, who had almost upset the unbeaten Ultima the previous week and were a team Hay had historically struggled against. The visitors' scragging, close checking style of play was working as the first quarter produced an ugly brand of football with not one single goal registered by either side. After a burst from Coach Dunstan and some game plan tweaks, the Lions cut loose to kick eight goals in the second quarter and then another six in the first 10 minutes of the third. They run out 64-point winners, with Bull Crichton, Royce Simpson, Mark Newnham, and Dick Arant in fine form. Dick Stevens booted five as Hay looked forward to the bye in round six. Recruit Brett Axe Whitfield, who'd lobbed into town, made an impressive debut in the twos. Bucky Howard explains how Whitfield, not long after, Got his nickname Axe, and Bully Crichton said, in fact, he was a repeat offender.
2: It's, isn't it funny when you you have a like you've got a good list, but then everything seems to fall into place. People just lob into town, and this Brett Whitfield uh, came into came to town. He was uh, with, his partner was from Hay, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's rocked up the training and he showed a lot of ability, but he missed about three or four games because it was during the winter and the and the guys at home cutting wood. And, of course, being a – he was a bit of a strange guy at times too, but a bloody good bloke, but he's chopping this wood and he didn't get far enough away from the clothesline. And he's got the axe hooked up in the clothesline, struck him in the forehead and and opened him up, and he's missed about four games. So he got the nickname (laughs) Axe, which was, you know, it was unbelievable, but he could play too.
5: Cutting wood in the backyard and he – he um, split his head open. Well, it was on, I don't know, just a Thursday night. He comes to the train. And he split his head open. And he he hit the clothesline with the axe and bounced back and hit himself in the head. <laughs> and he comes back on the Tuesday of the following week, like two weeks later, and he's done the same thing. So he, he twice cut his head open with the axe. Jesus. Cutting wood. <laughs> that's why they well, he got the name Axe, because yeah, twice in a row. Like within two weeks of one another did exactly the same thing hit the same clothesline with the same axe
1: and split his head open <laughs> <laughs> The axe missed the next three weeks following his clothesline incident and he wore a helmet for the remainder of the year and a rather large scar Hay went on another goal kicking spree at home to Murribut in round seven with 11 goal kickers Reese Williams Dick Stevens, and Mick Howard all kick four Axe Whitfield kick three in his senior debut ...while coach Dennis Dunstan was best on ground. The Lions won by a whopping 147 points. Veteran Marty Jackson, the father of Robbie... ...booted seven goals in the seconds on his return. Round eight was a 235-kilometre trip to Appen... ...which resulted in another easy win for the seniors... ...despite missing several players. The Lions, led by Dick Stevens, booted seven goals... ...and a masterclass performance from Royce Simpson. They won by 93 points. The big result, however, was in the under-17s, where Hay lost its first game in 43 matches and the reserves suffered its first loss for the season, which also featured the appearance of Ronnie Murray from bell Reynolds. The first half of the home and away season was completed when Hay booted 34 goals against Mark Horner in the 136-point victory, with Tony Alexander and Roy Simpson starring in the midfield. The highlight was Dick Stevens creating a new club record of fifteen goals, including seven in the final term, to take his season's tally to sixty-six. The only concern was an injury to Richard Aaron. John Howard, who played alongside Stevens, described his ability and a nervous moment prior to his one hundredth goal.
6: Well, Dickie Stevens, he was um, he was a really good sportsman. He could do anything from. Cricket, footy, like at school, he's a really good swimmer. Like being a local lad as well, you know, he's a really good kick at goal as well. But, you know, alluding to that, he, he did have, you know, blokes like Roycey Simpson, like, you know, he's like a Greg Williams, Jason Akemanis could kick 50 metres both sides of the body. Yeah, that really yeah, made it not easy, but you still got to kick him. Dickie was just big and strong. He could take a grab and he was a beautiful kick for goal. And he, had,
1: he, he kicked some big hauls during the year.
6: Yeah, I, I, I'm sure one game he might have kicked 15, but I think um he might have kicked seven in the last quarter. I remember that was at Hay and, yeah, he was very dominant. Yeah, no, he was a good fella too. He, he was actually very good off the field too, Robbie. It was against Mooliman. I remember he might have been on 98 or 99 and he, I think he was having a shot for goal and he, he kicked the ground like he took a divot. <laughs> And it went like 10 metres. I think the big fella might have been a bit nervous.
1: So, at the halfway point of the season, the Lions were on top of the table in all three grades and on track to equal the record of Kerrang Rovers, who in 1971 won all three grades. Things were only looking better with three new recruits set to play in round 10 against Wandella. Experienced defender Jamie Gordon had joined the Lions along with Ron Murray from Bell Ranald, while Ivanhoe Stock and Station agent Steve Lockhart had decided to join the Lions. Dennis Dunson was a huge fan of Gordon, and Gordon said it was the highlight of his 300-game career.
3: Yeah, Jamie didn't come to um, just before clearance was closed. He was playing at Balranald, and he didn't like it there, and um, he's a terrific man, Jamie Gordon. Like yes. He, and he... And, and like at that stage, we were undefeated, and he said, oh, can you fit me? <laughs> I bet. And, and Jamie used to train twice a week from Barrowingham.
1: What, he travelled to Hay?
3: Yep, twice a week.
1: So that's a fair commitment, isn't it?
3: Oh, he's absolutely super, and he's great to have around the club too. I think if, if you worked out what Jamie got, by the time he travelled to train twice a week, travelled to footy on a Saturday, he'd been out of pocket.
7: Played... Um- footy with Bell Reynolds, and they weren't going that great. They weren't going to make the finals, so I approached the committee and asked, because I was friends with Dennis, um, if I could go across and finish the season with Hay. I'd I'd drive over on – I think I only went over one night a week, but I'd pick up Muzzer on the way, so we'd pull into – just near Gorman's Hill, there's a laneway, and I'd pull in and pick up him. We'd go across and train, then we'd go and have a a counter – meal at the new Crown Hotel where they picked the footy team. And once the team was announced, I'd head back to Hay and drop Muzza off on the way. And we, we had a fantastic year at Hay. The, the people were really welcoming and, you know, you've been out to Hay, I'm sure, and yeah. it's just such a great place. And like I said, it was, I think it's my best year, my my most memorable year in football, and I think it was topped off by the Premiership Um the, the win and the triple premiership too, because it wasn't just at the first grade one, it was that the rezis and the under-17s also won so it was a great year.
1: Making the trip to Hay were enemy number one, Wandella, led by the colorful and fiery Hans Fedke, who had history with many Hay players, and another stoush was eminent, The Lions were missing several stars and then lost coach Dennis Dunstan to injury early in the game. It didn't take long for things to hot up, with Fedke being sent off after just 10 minutes for kicking hay back pocket, Mouse Newnham. On baller, Tony Alexander recalls the incident like it was yesterday. This particular day, Mount, Mark Newnham was
8: in the middle of the ground. He'd obviously went to ground, hands came in. From behind him and just decide to kick him in the back, which is something, funnily enough, hands to do. Umpires standing right there and hands gets red carded and sent from the ground. Wasn't a vicious kick, but yeah, it was still a kick and not be went. Um, yeah, so that was sort
1: of clearly remember hands doing that. The following season, it was Fedke and Hayes Reese Williams who got stuck into it, with Williams placing Fedke over the fence onto a car bonnet and then trading punches. Buck Howard said it had to be seen to be believed.
2: Yeah, Reese uh, unbeknownst to a lot of, Reese came from a pretty rough sort of, sort of a part of Melbourne. He, uh, he uh, you know, he could certainly handle himself, Reese and uh, it was quite funny this day, they locked horns and it ended up uh, over the, over the f- over the boundary and over the fence, and he, a car got involved and all that sort of thing. Yeah, there was a few. What a car! Uh, oh well, on the bonnet of a car, there was uh, there was a few uh, fish being thrown, and yeah, it brought the crowd to to their feet. Anyhow, it? it was yeah, pretty interesting. But well, he had him over the fence <laughs> yeah, on the bonnet of a car. Yeah, really. it was uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. But anyhow, they got back over and everything was forgotten and got on with the game. But he was pretty colourful hands. But after the game, he, he just had a drink there him, but once he tossed that line it was just you know it was it was on anyway back to the football action and there was plenty of that after
1: Fedke was red carded for the remaining three and a half quarters all the action was one way as hay belted the visitors by 103 points with dick stevens booting 10 goals, williams four and robbie jackson three daniel moore promoted from the under 17s played a blinder alongside tony alexander and mick howard Next up, round 11, and in a quirky set of circumstances, the road trip to Ultima would see both sides unbeaten. The two sides played out a draw in round one, and both had not lost a game since, meaning the minor premiership was basically on the line. Hay was still missing many with injury and called up five under-17 players to take the baton. They performed brilliantly alongside the class of Mick Howard, Dick Stevens with seven goals, and Tony Alexander. Reese Williams, who had dominated all day, injured an ankle in the last quarter. Roy Simpson and Robbie Jackson dominated across the centre, while Richard Lugson, Bernie Monaghan and Scott Edwards starred in defence as Hay run out 57-point winners. Tony Alexander remembers another day at Ultima that did not have the same pleasure. Evan was nothing like hands. He was a big,
8: tall, full forward, ruckman, very good player. My first year at Hay... He'd been pretty much knocked out twice in the first two years by a Digger Booth and a Chris Aylett who had put him in the, yeah, basic gaga land. He was at full forward and I was about – he was about to lead out and I come charging at him. My plan was to turn around and block his lead. Didn't turn around in time. Obviously, clearly didn't trust Hay, which I don't blame him, and he just went bang and he put my nose straight under my right eye. Oh, and after a fair few beers on the Saturday night and Sunday, headed down to Echuca and got it cracked back in, back in place. And I reckon I cried
1: nearly all the way home. But,
8: yeah, I can't blame him. He'd had a bit of um, bad luck with us, so he wasn't going to take that chance again.
1: So you are on the receiving end. <laughs>
8: yeah, I was on the receiving end of some um, other boys' problems from the years before, yes.
1: Round 12 was a long three-hour trip to Quamatuk, who had improved immensely since the first round hiding Hay had administered them. These long trips were generally on a bus and as John Howard explains, they were massive.
6: Oh mate, living in Hay, you
1: sort of grow up and all you got to do is travel to play sport. So every second week
6: you have to go away and, you know, being a Kerrang League, your, your average trip each second weekend was three hours. Jeez. So, You know, imagine sort of, you know, you finish your bloody footy. I was lucky I played a fair bit of resies that year as well. So we'd get a feed after the game and a few beers. But when you played seniors, you'd finish the game. The the can shut. You'd get on the bus, you know, cans are two bucks and you drink cans all the way home. Like, no wonder you're bloody hungry Sunday morning. (laughs) <laughs> but the funniest thing, the funny thing is, though, you'd be on a coach, 48-seater, there's netballers, you know, and everyone on there, but there's no amenities. So, you know, they'd stop for a leak, and the poor old netballers would go on one side and the, you know, footy players on the other side. It That's where it teaches you to control your bowels, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, they were the days. But, you know, you'd get home, you start, you didn't get home until 10, 10.30. And obviously there's no... Feed at the pub and yeah, it was tough times. Like talk about recovery, that was um, Hayline's recovery. You know, one oh one. Yeah, well, Saturday nights. You know, I lived. I lived in a little little house with three other footballers. Um, it was called the dungeon. You know, it was a lovely little house. Um, yeah, people thought it was a shit hole. We just sort of thought it was home. But um, you know, majority of the time, you'd have ten blokes around there trying to cook sausages and all this sort of stuff and you know you'd wake up through the night thinking the fog was coming in but it was the sausages on the in the sauce but
1: despite kicking their lowest score of the season 15 16 106 the lines did more than enough to prevail winning by 42 points with dick stevens kicking six and dennis dunstan five combining well up forward steve lockhart in defense played his best game since joining the club A home game against a hot and cold Wakul was next. Wakul were coming off a big win over Ultima and came to Hay with hopes of inflicting the Lions' first defeat of the season. Hay was strengthened by the return of Bully Crichton and Rhys Williams, while Brett Whitfield was returning after missing three weeks to the infamous clothesline incident. A best on-ground performance from Tony Alexander that included four goals was supported by Ruckman David Zambon, defender Richard Lugston, Dennis Dunstan with six goals, and Dick Stevens, seven, to take his season's tally to 96. The final margin was 119 points. That sent Wakul home with a new perspective on where their season was at. As was the case on most Sundays, the Hay Boys would slip into the local watering holes for a Sunday ritual. John Howard explains. Well, the Sunday sip,
6: it was mainly, you know, blokes like Brian Harrington, my brother Mick and Dickie Stevens, We'd, you know, and a few other guys. We'd meet down the highway in a hotel about midday and you'd go down there and it was all middies back then and you'd have a few middies and, you know, you then you'd drag over, Ben, you know, New South Wales. We'd end up over at the Rugby League on a Sunday Arvo. It started about three. So you'd go over there and the majority of the time there was sort of, you know, 20, 25 footballers there. You know, you're just having a few beers, then you'd end up at another local establishment. And, you know, Monday mornings were quite tough, Robbie. You know, your Mondays were hard. Tuesday training
1: was even harder. There were no shortage of larrikins in Hay. And one of the best pranksters was Bully Crichton, who stitched up coach Dennis Dunstan, as Dunstan explains. Bully
3: Crichton, he organised this show
1: and he had to kill half a dozen sheep,
3: donated, and he borrowed me a ute. in about three or four days later, and God, couldn't handle the smell of my ute. And, anyway, then I went back home and I thought, oh, no, there's something wrong here. So I get out and I see a blowfly just come out of the back of my ute. And <laughs> I thought, what? So anyway, yeah, the, what he'd done was where the petrol tank was, he'd taken the screws out and he'd put six sheep heads in the, underneath the back of my ute.
1: Six sheep the, heads?
3: Six sheep heads and the stink and the maggots of uh, – They'll never have forgiven him for it. Oh. Anyway, it was a, everyone in the footy club knew except me, so it was a bit of a
1: joke. On a tough and testing day at the office, Hay overcame a tenacious Moolamine to escape with a 13-point win, despite Moolamine having seven more scoring shots. The Lions trailed at every change and lost Mick Howard and David Zambon during the game and Rhys Williams before the game. Season-best performances from... Brett Whitfield, Scott Edwards, Cole Ty, and Mouse Newnham saved the day for Hay. The highlight of the day, though, belonged to Dick Stevens, who, in kicking his 100th gold in the third quarter, became the first player from Hay to achieve this it in its 116 year history. Stevens finished with seven and reflected on the day and the season in general.
9: The first shot at the 100th, I took a divot out of the ground. I was a bit nervous, so but um, that was my probably main recollection, the, the one before <laughs> I kicked the 100 was probably stuck in my mind more than the one kicking the 100, I think. Been around 60, 70 a couple of times, but never sort of went on to crack that elusive ton, I suppose. Um, whether that's just had a bit bit a year straight of kicking or what, I don't know, but nothing changed in my way. as we were always rattled. didn't matter where I sort of let out. I knew the ball was going to be hitting me on the tit somewhere, so... Um, it was it was pretty pretty good knowing the the confidence I suppose that gives you when you lead out knowing that the ball's gonna be in front of you and you're not gonna to have to be back and back or sort of turned around chasing it. It's they were all in Dennis, yeah, Spaz was pretty good too, sort of hitting you on the lead. So we'd we'd had a couple of good teams like the previous couple of years where we we played in preliminary finals and that seemed to be our hoodoo. Just couldn't crack that grand final and that year like we did like just the experience that probably Dennis and Jamie Gordon sort of Royce brought with them just as well as as the side that had been through a, a couple of tough losses that gelled us together for that year when that final siren went just the relief and the of finally finally getting one. The round 15 bye could not have come
1: at a better time for Hay with a mounting injury toll, testing resources in all grades. Just three games remain before the finals with gun midfielder Tony Alexander the latest injury with ligament damage to his ankle. Alexander explained his anxiety in trying to get back to full fitness.
8: Yeah, I rolled it about three weeks before the season and um, missed the last three games and we had the first week off in the finals so I had a month off before I even tried to kick on it. Dennis, being who he was, he was always going to make sure I could kick on the Thursday before the Saturday, which I held my breath and it hung together before the second semi. Um, yeah, got through. It wasn't. It still didn't feel right for the finals, but when you've won one premiership in over 100 years, you're um, not going to race up to him and tell him you think it's still a bit wonky. But, yeah, all turned out all right. So, yeah.
1: The trip to Murribut. Caused no dramas for the Lions winning by 104 points with the forward line of Dennis Dunstan 9 Rhys Williams 6 Dick Stevens 4 and Aaron Patterson 3 unstoppable as Roycey Simpson ran right in the midfield the victory wrapped up the club championship award and the minor premiership with all three grades a narrow loss to Ultima the previous week gave Appen plenty of optimism as they made the trip across the plains to face Hay a dominant ruck display by Richard Arendt and a 10-goal haul by Dick Stevens paved the way for another big win to Hay by 96 points. Aaron Patterson, with three goals, was again outstanding, as was Jason Crichton. Coach Dennis Dunstan was a massive fan of Aaron, or Biggin, as he was known.
3: I was about the third training runner, but he's our ruckman. Now, if you run two laps for footy, like Biggin, would be half a lap behind or more, but come match day, like he was just, he was the best ruckman in the comp. Terrific mark, tap ruckman, and just get to work, and ruck all day. it was a stall with Hay through and through. But he could have made a lot of money out of playing footy because ruckman was hard to come by.
1: The final home and away match had Hay host Mark Horner. Both teams had a mutual dislike for each other, and it was with great delight that Hay sent the Tigers home with its tail between its legs after a 140-point hiding. Brett Whitfield sharpened up his game with seven goals, while Stevens and Aaron kicked five and Jackson four. Hay kicked 12 straight in the second term after leading by just eight points at quarter time. The honour roll was pretty impressive as a home and away season was completed. Top of the ladder in all three grades, club champions for the third time in four years, leading goal kicker Dick Stevens in first grade, and Robert Loveridge becoming the sixth straight Hay player to win the under 17s goal kicking. Haye finished unbeaten and two games and 80% clear of second place Ultima in the Seniors. In all matches, they kicked over 100 points, averaging 158 points per game with an average winning margin of 90 points. To say they were red hot favourites heading into the finals was an understatement. The first week of finals were played in terrible conditions, with Quambatook eliminating Appen by 14 points and Wandela set up a second semi-final clash with Hay by defeating Ultima in a bruising contest by eight points. The week off was a godsend for the Lions, with a full list available for the clash with Wandella at Wakul, with the prize being a spot in the 1992 Karangan District League Grand Final. Selectors decided not to risk Dick Faulkner, who had a hamstring strain. A heavy shower of rain prior to the start made conditions wet and slippery. But it was Hay who converted the best to lead by 15 points at quarter time. The second quarter belonged to Wandela, who dominated and should have led by more than one point at half time. Superb defence by Steve Lockhart and Dave Zambon kept Hay in the contest. Changes were made at half time, with Zambon into the ruck, Richard Arendt to centre half forward, and Tony Alexander into the centre. Dennis Dunstan delivered a stinging address as he led from the front early in the third when he was flattened only to bounce back with two goals in two minutes. Dunstan explained he was never too concerned.
3: You know, we did a lot of work and and we were a lot fitter than anyone else. And we were lucky enough that we had a culture back then that everyone trained.
1: The game took a massive change when Wandela bad boy, Hans Fedke, was sent from the field after an incident that Tony Alexander recalls clearly.
8: Wondella up by a few points and they were actually playing very well. I got a kick out on the wing and as I kicked it, Hans came charging in and um, zipped past me and I just did a 360 spin, dropped to the ground. Poor bugger hadn't even touched me. The the umpires turned around and um, just looked and saw it was hands, assumed he'd done something wrong and sent him off. And yeah, didn't that cause a ruckus over on their, their bench at the time? But yeah, he was a bit stiff that day following Year down at one dollar he got me really good and said that was payback but I told him he'd won the premiership so it didn't really matter but yeah he did get me back. There's no worries about that.
1: Hay took control from that point and went on to win by thirty-nine points, with Dunstan kicking five in a best on ground performance. Dick Stevens booted four with Tony Alexander and Ronnie Murray kicking two each. Ten goals from David Hill and a brilliant game by Daniel Hicks paved the way for the seconds to win by 93 points over Wendella. The under-17s started the day in great style by also belting Wendella by 71 points with Matthew Stewart and Daniel Moore starring. So this meant all three teams had qualified for the grand final in two weeks at Murribut as the town was struck down with finals fever. Ultima qualified for the preliminary final by defeating Kwambatuk in the first semi-final on the Sunday, meaning their opponent would be Wandella for the third time in four weeks after having played them in round 18 and also the qualifying final. For the third time in four weeks Wandella beat Ultima, meaning that the Bombers would be Hayes' opponent in the grand final. Wandella had also qualified for the under-17s decider, while Appen had an easy win over Wandella and a spot into the second grand final against Hay. Hay had more reason to celebrate when Rover Roy Simpson took out the EG Hunt medallion for the Kerangan District Football League best and fairest. Simpson polled 20 votes, two ahead of runner-up Marty Graham from Ultima. Mick Howard with 11 votes was the next best for Hay. He completed a great night for the Lions with Robbie Jackson being awarded the Rookie of the Year John Howard and Daniel Hicks were both runners-up in the second's best and fairest. Tony Alexander said Simpson was a gun. Uh, Royce just came into the club, um, probably a player we hadn't seen at our
8: stage of or any time in Hay and in, in the league for that matter. Just so clean, poised, confident, balanced everything. He was just a brilliant player, very nice guy, no, no lip or wasn't smart, you know, and you, when you got the opposition shaking their heads saying, well, the best player I've seen in the league, well, that stood out for me. But yeah, I think
1: he was almost ahead of his time. Grand final day was a big one in the Jackson family. Robbie Jackson spoke about the occasion.
4: All four of us played on that day, which was a wow. great day for the family. But um, yeah, Chris Chris kicked the day off with, uh, with the 17s and had it. You know, they were really strong for a long uh, the thirds was all uh, well, the seventeens we called them. Were, were a fantastic side, and they were strong for uh, a good part of a decade. And yep. uh, the second, the seconds were—they were, they were the hard luck story of the footy club. They always seemed to be there, thereabouts, and make the finals. And you know, that was a real monkey off the back for the seconds. And yeah, you know, we had a really good squad. There's a lot of blokes in that second grade side that uh, flowed in and out of the first grade side throughout the year, but uh, just all the, the moons aligned and. Um, you know, the whole town the whole community got behind us and it was I feel like we are rock stars for, for a couple of days there when we won the flag <laughs> and won the three flags and it was, it was fantastic to be, be involved in.
1: A large band of Lions supporters made the two-hour road trip to Murribit with the under-17s game the start of a massive day in the history of the club. The under-17s were forced to come from behind at all changes to power home to a 25-point victory and its fifth premiership in the last six years. Craig Beesman was named best on ground. The seconds went in favourite but found themselves down by one goal at three-quarter time. However, kicking with the breeze, the Lions roared home in great fashion to win by 25 points, with John Howard being awarded best on ground, with Daniel Hicks, Brett Anderson and David Hill not far behind. The victory was the Lions' first second-grade Premiership in ten years. All was in readiness now for the big game, with Hay having already notched up the first two legs of the Premiership trifecta. One change was made to the Hay side from the second semi-final, with defender Richard Faulkner coming into the side, with Dean Humphries, the unlucky player to be omitted. Wandella won the toss and kicked to the River End, which was aided by quite a strong breeze. Hay supporters' hearts were sinking when Wandella kicked the first four goals of the game, before Mick Howard... And Dick Stevens gold late in the quarter to reduce the margin to 12 points at quarter time. Scott Edwards was knocked into Gaga Land when Wandella's Brad Anderson delivered a good old-fashioned shirt front. The introduction of Ron Murray onto the ground changed things as Roy Simpson, Reece Williams, and Dennis Dunstan lit things up in the forward line as Hay slammed on eight goals for the quarter with seven coming in the final 12 minutes. The 26-point halftime lead for Hay was increased to 27 going into the final quarter after both sides had kicked four goals in the third quarter. This was a great result for Hay who were coming home with the breeze at its back. An inspiring free quarter time speech by Dunstan was backed up on the field of battle when Dunstan kicked the first two goals of the quarter to put the Premiership Cup well and truly in the hands of the Lions as they run out 31 point winners to complete an undefeated season and a hat trick of Premierships for the club. Royce Simpson completed his stellar season with the best on ground medallion. This to go along with his league medal, club best and fairest, and the premiership medallion. Simpson spoke about winning the medal and the season in general at Hay. It was
8: um, like even though I won it, it was all the boys around me that made a great year, unbelievable year of football, and like an unbelievable bunch of blokes. And you know, if I hadn't had all them. Around me, then it wouldn't have wouldn't have turned out as the the year it was. Bully Crichton, he was he was just mad. He was yeah, he, uh, he was top bloke, like great bloke off the field. But as soon as he jumped on across that white line, he just had white line baby. He was just a totally different person. Big Richard Aaron in the, in the ruck and Bully Crichton, you know, he was just crazy on the field. It was just a you
1: know all good all round bunch of. Well, was a great side. Jamie Gordon and Cole Ty were magnificent in defense, while Mick Howard and Jason Crichton dominated across the center line. Up forward, Dennis Dunstan, Dick Stevens, Ron Murray and Rhys Williams all kicked three goals. Richard Arant and David Zambon controlled the rucks. As you could imagine, the celebrations were massive and long. Tony Alexander, who was runners up in the club best and fairest, and John Howard, the second best and fairest winner, led the charge and described the celebrations, while Buck Howard said he had trouble getting the boys back to work. Can't really
8: remember a lot about it, but with the resies winning as well, you had 44 boys with medals, probably for their only one in their lives, so they weren't gonna miss out. So yeah, it was huge. I think about Wednesday was when I knew I had to go back to work, but I don't <laughs> think some of the others did. Back in those days, Hay had seven pubs, so we um, had plenty to pick from. I don't think we got to them all, though, but we gave it a crack.
6: I played resies, and we were lucky enough. So we were celebrating pretty hard, you know, while the first grade were on. And we ended up, like, obviously everyone won, and we went back, and they had to, they had the function at the local memorial hall because there were so many people involved. And by all accounts, they did 18 kegs on that night. Jeez. Yeah, 18 kegs and, and our celebrations, I, oh, mate, I I was an apprentice at the time with me old man and, you know, he gave me a call on Wednesday night and said, you know, haven't you had enough yet? Can you come back to work tomorrow? You know, and I was, I was bloody hopeless the next day. Like, imagine going back after five days on the drink, you know, you're sort of mid bit second hand, aren't you? You know, and the pub crawls we had on the Monday and Tuesday, like Hayes only a small town but there's seven pubs and four clubs. So we had, you know, they were putting on kegs at every pub in the town and, you know, shop owners were coming in and out and giving us money not to go in their shop and sing the song. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were loaded with money and, oh, it was just sensational, absolutely sensational.
2: John was working for me at the time and I didn't see him till about Thursday, so, you know, I was pretty hard. And I buy... Wednesday I had had enough because you know you you can only drink so much and I went back to work and I uh, you know I was building this house for a mate of mine uh, not far from home and everything's going well. He, he was helping me and this guy that works with me if you hadn't seen John of course. But next thing the police car pulled up out the front of this house and I thought oh no what have, what have they done. Anyhow this Steve Jones who actually he was a Copper and he was coach of the reserves, and he's you know in the full, full uh, marching order. He's walked in really serious. You better come with me, we've got a bit of an incident. I thought, oh, goodness me, anyhow. So, we pull up in down in front of the uh, the Cal Hotel, and I thought, oh no, what have they done in here? Anyhow, he's walked in, and next thing here, they are all up at the bar. So, I've got handcuffed to, uh, to my eldest son, Mick. So, that was the end of, of Wednesday. <laughs> So I didn't get home till 11 o'clock that night, worse for wear. But it was all good fun. There was nothing, you know, they didn't, they just went from pub to pub. And I think a lot of the places gave them some money to have a drink, so they didn't go in the place. (laughs) No, it was a a real big celebration. It was unbelievable. You know, just to win three, that doesn't happen very often.
1: Dennis Dunstan went on to coach Hay for another two years in 1993 and 1994. And despite good sides in both seasons, they did not win another Premiership until 1995 under Desi Smith in his first year as coach at Hay. Defender Richard Faulkner heaped great praise on Dennis Dunson for getting the job done for such a young coach. I had a great
5: list, a good mixture of, of local boys. Like I was, I was only, I'd only been in Hay a couple of years then. And fellas like myself, um, you know, there was um, Reese Williams came in, you know, Ronnie Murray, of course Royce and then yeah, Dennis obviously brought it all together. He had a he had a good head on his, his shoulders and uh, he liked a good time too but when the job was there to be done he was he was um yeah hard at it and bought everyone yeah just made everyone gel really. A lot of the boys didn't mind a few beers um, and still do but um yeah no, Dennis brought a few few rules in and yeah, if you didn't meet those rules, you sort of found yourself playing in the twos or maybe not even playing at all. So, you know, he, he, for, a, for a young fella, he, um, he introduced a couple of things that just worked and everyone sort of respected him and, as I say, everyone got on. So that was, um, you know, we we're, we're, we're mates all playing together, having a bit of fun and then Dennis just brought it all together with a bit of professionalism.
1: The Hay 1992 Premiership side was, from the back line, Steve Lockhart, Richard Faulkner, Richard Lugson. Half backs, Cole Tai, Jamie Gordon, Scott Edwards. Center line, Mick Howard, Tony Alexander, Jason Crichton. Half forwards, Robbie Jackson, Rhys Williams, Brett Whitfield. The forward line, Aaron Patterson, Dick Stevens, David Zambon, the rucks, Richard Arendt, Dennis Dunstan, Roy Simpson. Interchange, Ron Murray and Bernie Monahan. This episode is dedicated to Ted Hill, Richard Arendt and Mick Howard, who all passed away too early. Ted, Biggin and Rattle typified what Hay is all about. Mateship, family and a will to never give in no matter the odds. Both local boys,
8: both um, born and bred in Hay with strong family ties obviously best mates with both of them. We went to each other's weddings. Um, Bruddle was best man at my wedding. 200 game players, so both life members and yeah, just heart and soul of what Hay is and was at the time and gone way too early. Like, yeah, Began was in his 30s, Nick in his 40s, so probably the two guys that I've lost, that I've known closest to in my time. Um, Yeah, but just terrific fellas, terrific sportsmen and yeah, we're, we're best of all great family men. And yeah, we've gone way too early.
0: Well, there you have it. What a story, and what a group of Larrykins and characters who achieved something remarkable for their town. Again, a huge thanks to Crichton Engineering, DJ Harrison and Sons, Riverina Hotel, and Tappa Agri Services for sponsoring this episode and for their support of sport in Hay. Don't forget, if you want your glory days brought back to life, whether it be a premiership, individual achievement or just a great yarn, get in touch with us at yoursportandmedia.com. In the meantime, stay safe. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on the glory days.